Good evening. Welcome to our Wednesday night service. We're going to begin with hymn 402 in the Blue Hymnals. 402. Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And we have faith in a Savior who has conquered the devil and we can overcome the world as well. Let's stand, please, as we sing hymn 402, Faith is the Victory. each one of you here tonight. Hey, it's great to see Jonathan Buker. Good to have you here. All right. Oh, look at those uh, range kids. Let me see you hop. 
Let's see you hop. You've been in Australia. There you go. You know, in Australia, you can't walk. You have to hop like a kangaroo, and they just got back, so they're probably pretty good at that. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's uh, have uh, some prayers. We uh, uh, begin, and hey, David, lead us in prayer. Amen. You may be seated. I think we have some missionary letters, do we? Yep. The Needham family to Cameroon. It was a blessing to travel with our daughters Bethany and April as we visited a number of our supporting churches in the Midwest. They helped with music and children as I preached a series of revival meetings at Bible Truth Baptist Church in Marlette, Michigan. Please pray for Pastor Bryce and Deb Hager as they established this good young church in the heart of the Michigan Thumb. On our way back to Cameroon, we spent a week in south-central France in Abusan with Chris and Laura Sanderlin family, as, who are there to learn French in preparation for coming to Cameroon. They live in an old stone house in a little hamlet outside of town in the pleasant French countryside. I love seeing many limousine and... Uh, something, cattle, you might know better, Pastor, uh, in the small pastures. It was a blessing to preach in the French, in French, in their church, which was started by missionary Tim Knickerbocker and his French wife, Elizabeth, who have served the Lord in France for over 50 years. Hmm. As always, the Lord gave us divine appointments to testify for Jesus Christ on the long flights. Barb saved the day yesterday. She bought two trays of eggs, 60 eggs total. And shortly after she carried them into our kitchen, I heard her gasp as she ran out the door with them. The trays were crawling with dozens, if not hundreds, of cockroaches. We worked frantically to save the eggs and exterminate the cockroaches before they could run inside. There was an abundance of foot-stopping and insecticide spraying going on for a while there. Then we washed the eggs with soap, soaked them in vinegar, rinsed them off, and finally everything was okay. We dread to think what would have happened if she had not discovered all those cockroaches and if they had infested our apartment. Mm -hmm. We were saddened when a Fulani friend... It's OIA. Only in Africa? Only in Africa. <laughs> okay. We were saddened when a Fulani friend of ours named Yaabo... Uh, Job, in English, was shot and killed during the ongoing conflict in the northwest region. Please continue to pray for peace in Cameroon and for salvation of the Fulani people. Pastor Julius, Pastor Felix, and others are enthusiastic about the radio broadcasting ministry. Pastor Felix wants to establish a radio ministry in Nigeria. A small plot of land for a radio tower was purchased Thank you for praying for this. We plan to start constructing the tower soon. Please pray we can make much progress in the coming months. Pastor Bitrand recently made the decision with his church in Osaka, Akawa, to, to reopen in spite of physical threats against their church if they met for services. They are seeing people come to the Lord for salvation in the midst of persecution. Glenn Swanson was involved in discipling Bitrand and training him for ministry. The people who have remained in Aquia 
and those who have fled the area need us to pray for them. Mm -mm. Amen. Be praying for them. Okay. Jonathan Buchers here. Give us a, a little bit of an update of uh, the church uh, in Oviedo, okay? It's good to be here. I've been uh, traveling all over the world. Uh, so uh, since, uh, okay, I'll just talk about the church. So um, You got it out of Jerusalem. That was a miracle, huh? Yes, I was there on the 7th. Um, so... Uh, so the church in Spain, there were uh, baptisms this Sunday. There were four people baptized. Uh, and then uh, there will be a wedding sometime here in the future. Uh, they've already been married uh, civilly, so, but they just wanted to be married through the, the church. Uh, and there's about, uh, I'd say about 20 people coming to the church. Um, it's going forward. Uh, it's, uh, even though my dad passed away, um, just pray for the church. They need, actually need a pastor. Uh, they uh, asked me to be the pastor, but I, I said that I will help you out, help them out in a temporary fashion for a while. Uh, my brother, they also asked him, but he, he also needs some, uh, he, well, he would need some training. He would need to go on deputation and all of that as well. Uh, there actually has, has been one church that actually uh, offered to take my brother on for support. Uh, just because the church there is needing people to encourage the believers themselves that the church is not going to, they're, they're not going to be left alone. That's their main uh, main uh, desire is not to be left alone without a leader. So I've, me and my brother and my brother-in-law have uh, stepped in to be able to help the church, find a church, uh, a pastor uh, there in the, the meantime. I'll be there for at least uh, three months. Okay. So Keep uh, the church there in prayer. Uh, lots of uh, needs uh, to go forward. Praise the Lord for four baptisms. When was the last time there was ever four baptisms? Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. Okay. Next hymn. All right, hymn 228. My faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one. His wounds for me shall plead. And a lot of people nowadays like to say, well, just have faith. Well, it's not about just having faith. It's about having the right object of your faith. That is the word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ here spoken of in this first hand. So hymn 228 in the blue hymnals.
All right, just a reminder for our church choir, I believe we have a rehearsal right after our service tonight. That's in preparation for the funeral on Saturday. So church choir members, adult choir members, please remember that important practice right after the service. We'll try to get to that right away uh, so it doesn't take too long. And then uh, just an important request here, setup has begun down in the new fellowship hall. A few things are out in preparation for the banquet or dinner on Friday night. So real important request, just asking no children to play down in that new fellowship hall tonight after the service. And so parents, maybe we can remind kids. And then if you are an adult and see kids playing, maybe you can help remind them as well. We just wanna, don't want to damage any of the um, decor that's down there. So please remember that for after the service. And then I do have a food sign up uh, once again for the funeral uh, luncheon on Saturday. And uh, right after that service in Graveside, there'll be a luncheon here at the church. And so there's a few spots uh, remaining on that food sign up. And just a reminder that that visitation on Saturday is at 10 o'clock, and then the service, the funeral service, is at 11. I'm, 10 in the morning is the visitation, and 11 in the morning is the service. Micah. Well, we are looking forward to the Veterans Dinner this Friday night. And thank you all for your prayers and for all the work you've put into inviting people. I know the Lord is blessing that. We have right around 70 veterans that are signed up for the event, plus a guest, a spouse that might, that might be coming with them. So just please continue to pray for open hearts and people that are ready to receive the word of God. And we want God to be glorified through that night. So just pray for that. Pray for wisdom. Pray especially for Pastor uh, Curtis McMiller as he brings forth the word of God, that there would be liberty uh, through his message and that souls would be saved. Just praying for five souls to be saved. So let's pray that God really does a great working. And just a reminder for those who are working that night, uh, if you can arrive by 4.30, uh, especially the adult uh, workers, if you can arrive by 4.30 just to help with last-minute things, unless you've been instructed, obviously, to be there earlier. But 4.30, and then Children's Choir, what time are you supposed to arrive? Let's see if they know. Do any of the Children's Choir know? Maybe Miss Raines hasn't announced it yet, but make sure you get there uh, promptly. I know most parents will be uh, dropping them off, so I have not been told when they're supposed to arrive, but <laughs> make sure you guys arrive. I know you always do. The kids look forward to that, and that's one of the highlights is the children's choir uh, singing for the veterans. So be in prayer for all the music, that that would uh, be a blessing. And just so you all know, the doors are going to open at 530. But any church folks that are veterans that are going to be there, uh, obviously you know this, but really just see, really seek to be welcoming, uh, help those who maybe look a little lost, just try to give them directions, spread yourselves out around the room. You guys are kind of like the hosts uh, for this event at the tables. And be, uh, just be ready for the Lord to use you uh, that evening. So just continue to pray and continue to invite. Text that friend that you've invited and just mention it to them again and really persist in seeing those folks. Come on, we just had a man today register that I had met at Pick and Save on Monday. <clears throat> and he's like, yeah, there's a lady that comes with two younger children that I know and, and has invited me. And so the Lord just uses multiple points of contact sometimes to finally get them over the edge along with prayer. So oh, that was a blessing, a man that needs to be saved. So 
just continue to pray for all those who still need to register. Okay, amen. All right, um, prayer requests, okay? Obviously, right at the top of the list is the Veterans Banquet and those souls that, uh, and all that their work that goes into that Veterans Banquet. Uh, pray for the Bible study tomorrow at the junior high and uh, Friday at the high school. Those are important events. Um, pray that the Lord would um, get a hold of some hearts. We need uh, to see uh, uh, some family reached through um, uh, these uh, things. Uh, pray for those who have been recently saved, that we would see them at church. Um, tonight comes to mind Gage, this young man, and haven't seen him a number of weeks now. And uh, so um, uh, pray for um, him. Pray for others that have um, accepted the Lord. Thank the Lord Mrs. Uh, Carol Tabor um, professed the Lord about a week ago. Pray for her growth that she'll find a good church down in Florida and um, um, pray for uh, Michelle on Sunday who professed to receive the Lord. Pray for her that God would work in her life. So we have a lot of people that um, need to grow and um, I'll let Zach give the prayer request about the university ministry, but until then, Heather. Everyone could pray for my coworker, Deb. She had a stroke um, on Friday, and then she lost 85% uh, of the feeling on her whole entire left side, and her speech is um, gone. So if you guys could pray for her, this urgent prayer request. Wow. Okay, pray for her. Okay, Jason. Uh, pray for my neighbor, Brian. Uh, continue to keep him in your prayers, if you would. Uh, pray for a man, David King, who I've invited, and he said he's coming to the veterans' dinner, but he's um, confirmed to come to a lot of things that haven't come to fruition. So just pray that okay. uh, he would come there, and then uh, keep my brother Joe in your prayers as well. All right, who's next? Greg. Okay, yes, Leanne. Putting my grandma Sonia underneath the health category as she continues to deal with a um, progressive brain bleed. And I'd like to put my grandpa Jim under the salvation column as I desperately try to get him to be saved. I invited him to the veterans banquet. And um, I think his heart is just hardened at the moment. I just pray that the Lord softened his heart and to bring him to salvation. Thank you. Just like to pray for um, a neighbor of mine, Mike Fisher. He's a vet. And um, me and Brother Al knocked on his door. I thought it was 20 years ago. He goes, no, it's been 34 years. So I've been going to his house year after year for 34 years. So um, it sounded good, but we'll see what happens. I'm just hoping that he'll make it this time. Okay. Phil? First, keep praying for our Bible study on Friday. Um, the Lord... I think is really working in this young man named Alex who's been coming. And he's really open about him and a couple of his close friends uh, studying the Bible outside of school. 
And uh, so that could be a real open door and opportunity to really mm. dig into their lives. And um, so I think it's real genuine desire that they have. So continue just to earnestly pray for them and uh, just that the Lord would bring the right students. Um, not about the size, but about the right ones yeah. that God's drawing. Amen. And uh, of course, we're seeking to reach that whole school. But uh, just con- please pray earnestly for Friday. And then pray for a veteran named Bill, Bill Biscoff. Um, we have knew him. We actually built a shed uh, earlier this year. Real sweet uh, couple, elderly couple, and I think maybe a real open door to reaching them with the gospel. So just pray as they come, the Lord would do a work. And uh, according to my list, we've seen 34 souls saved, so we have two months to reach our goal of 45. So just keep praying. mentioned it, but do keep praying for Gage. Um, they were out of town basically every weekend this month, which is obviously why they haven't been here. Um, but just pray that the devil wouldn't get in. I've just, I'm just a little bit concerned about it. So just pray that the Lord would work that out. And it can also be hard too, you know, if you get going to church and then stop for a month and there can be a lot of time for things to slip in. So just pray that that would work out, um, reaching out to them uh, today here. Um, and then do pray as well. You'll recall Steve. He hasn't come here, but he's been plugged into falls, but I'm just a little bit concerned. So if you could just pray that the Lord would just kind of keep steering him in the right direction. Oh, and then also do as well pray for Parkview. We really do need to see a breakthrough. We would love to see someone uh, coming to church even by the end of the year because of this. So uh, just pray that God would work giving us key students that are, you know, we've had a number of students that have come uh, most weeks for a couple of years, but just not really seeing movement outside of that. And we'd love to see students actually personally impacted besides just attendance. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay, Zach. Well, you mentioned the Bible study a couple minutes ago, and I thought last night was a really good night, uh, really the best night we've had in, in a little while. And uh, one man in particular named Caden, who trusted Christ last spring, has been going through some hard times lately. He's missed some school because he's been at, at back at home taking care of matters. He was there last night. And the first time we've seen him in several weeks. And so pray for Caden to grow. And he really wants to be in, here in church this Sunday. And so pray that Caden would be here. And uh, so that was really encouragement to see Caden last night. And as well as pray for a man named Jackson who um, has been at the Bible study two weeks in a row now. And we've gone together with him one-on-one uh, for a couple personal Bible studies as well. He's wide open. Uh, just pray for Jackson, clear understanding that he would be saved And also pray for a man who came last night named Nathan. And uh, we met him last week and said he was too busy to come last week, said I'd be there next week. And he came last night, kept his word. You know, that that shows a lot when seven days later, no contact with anyone and they they come. So pray for Nathan. He was there last night and got his number and we'll be getting together. So pray for uh, him as well. And also keep praying for a man named Ben that he would be saved. He's been here at church a couple times and pray for Ben to come to Christ, as well as Charlie and Cameron, who are saved. They've been at church, I think, every week for the last month, maybe. Uh, so pray for Cameron and Charlie to grow. Lord is really working in their lives. Amen. Amen. Great. Mike, uh, breathe a little prayer for uh, three um, Muslim students I talked to last night. And it was kind of cold outside, and so I was inside, and I just walked up to these three students and I said, you believe in Halloween? And they said, no. 
And I says, why? And they said, we're Muslim. And so we had quite a conversation, and, and um, um, one of the young men gave me his contact and seems to be a little bit open. Uh, so um, pray for that. Okay, who's next? Gina. So these are the veterans that we invited. Please pray for Chris, Ed, Jerry, Gary, and special prayer requests are unspoken. Okay. Okay, Aaron. I um, just want to say thanks for everyone that's been praying for my father. Uh, he did come home from the hospital yesterday, so that was a, a real miracle. Um, right now he's he's actually off of oxygen, so um, just doing some physical. Say that again. He's, he's off of oxygen, so he's breathing wow. on his own, which is a, a great answer to prayer. Um, and then he's doing a lot of physical therapy and having some in-home nurses come, but just pray that uh, that would continue. And then also just pray for my mom for uh, strength. Obviously, it's a little bit more taxing with uh, the schedules and some of those things, so just pray for her as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Praise the Lord. Pray for that. Great needs there. Okay, Jim. Pray as I fly to South Africa next week. Pray I'll be a blessing for a couple weeks to Nathan. They have projects at the church and at the house. Okay. Pray for Mr. Apples. He goes to South Africa. Uh, remember, OIA. Last Sunday, after we um, after we had Nathan on the live on um, Skype, about a half hour later, he had some drive-in evangelism at his house. Um, some uh, unlicensed driver drove uh, right through their security fence and set off all the alarms and whatever and uh, um, et cetera, et cetera. And um, um, I texted. Uh, Nathan, about this uh, young unlicensed driver who came, he said, I says, I don't know what I said, and he commented, uh, drive-in evangelism. <laughs> so apparently they had an opportunity to witness to this young man. Um, okay, who else has a, Paul, okay, Jonathan. I just wanted to uh, mention again uh, the, uh, the church in Spain for wisdom to try to find a pastor. Amen. Just wisdom for everybody. Because there's different circumstances uh, where that they tried to come in and take over the church externally and things like that. So just pray for wisdom. Wanted to go in the same right direction. Amen. That's big. Okay, Paul. Well, just want to say it's good to be back. And uh, the Lord really blessed while we were down there got to preach seven times at a good church there, and uh, it was really neat. The last Sunday, uh, they had planned Friend Day and had been inviting for a number of weeks and had, there's a, a number of guests there, and the pastor and his family have been laboring there for many years, and they had, it had been a little while since they'd seen a soul saved, so he was really praying for someone to be saved, and that morning, a uh, gentleman that had, he had been doing Bible studies with for a while uh, trusted Christ, and then after the morning service, a lady named Sylvia, it was her first time her and her son came for the morning service. She had initially been contacted through their outreach, and then uh, they gave dropped off a Bible for her and then invited her, and she came on Friend Day with her son, and right after the service, I turned around and started talking to them, 
and uh, asked them, asked her when they had, they had both raised their hand in the invitation time saying they were saved. So I asked them when they had gotten saved, and she told me when she got baptized. So uh, anyways, she let me go through the gospel with her. I showed her that baptism wouldn't save her, and she understood the gospel and got saved right then. So pray for Sylvia. She came back then Sunday night for the evening service. And um, so if you could pray for them. And then also a young man named Muhammad on, at the airport. Uh, Muhammad, and then I had a good, really good talk with him. And he was going to reach out to the missionary, he said. And then um, pray for Jonah, uh, another Muslim guy. But, uh, well, actually he claims to be Christian. But the interesting thing is he's from Nineveh. Actually, it's from... Uh, it's known as Mosul in northern Iraq, but it's actually the city of Nineveh. So he was telling me he's Jonah from Nineveh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he needs to be saved. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wyatt. Thank you for those who have been praying for the Waterford Bible study. We've basically had, we were in there just to kind of figure some things out, try and do a little bit, but we've been in there two weeks basically now. And this week we were able to get... A, quite a few more good contacts finally and actually get some good conversations going. So just pray. Um, There was a young lady that came and was going to stay for the Bible study, but then when saw there was no other young ladies there, she said she was going to try and find some friends and come next week. So pray for her and a couple other young men that uh, we'll see our first people at the Bible study next week. And then pray for Cyrus, a young man that helped on my roof that said he wants to come to the Veterans Banquet Friday. Amen. Amen. Pray for these requests. Great. Okay. Um, Luke back there and Tonda up here. Luke. Uh, yesterday I was able to talk to a young man at the Burlington Menards and found out he's from the Waterford High School. And he said, yeah, I saw those guys out there today. Um, so I told him that he should stop in there. He said he has some other activities and sports that he's involved in, but he seemed really open to um, going to that. So just pray. I know the Lord had that meeting for a reason. So mm-hmm. pray for David that he would go to the Waterford Bible study. Amen. Amen. Okay, Tonda. If you could please pray for concerning Veterans Banquet, Ryan, Debbie's son, he got some food poisoning, I think yesterday, but hopefully that he'll be well enough to come. And he has two veteran friends. One is an 84 84- two-year-old lady that's actually a Christian, and then another veteran that he'd like to see be saved. And then also Carol, right down the street, she's 94. She had some health issues, and she's planning on being there this Friday. So she's very Catholic and really needs to understand Mm -hmm. salvation. All right, pray for these. Okay, every one of these are important. Let's um, have the offering. And uh, also, uh, do pray for the general fund. We're almost uh, caught up, and then we have two weeks of way behind. And uh, so uh, um, we need to pray for some good offerings to get caught up with our general fund. Take your hymnals, turn to him. 300... 19, 319, and we'll sing the last stanza of I Would Be True, and I can't remember exactly the details on this song, but I believe it was a young man that was going off to a foreign country, and I think his mother was maybe concerned that he was going to stay true to the faith, and I think he wrote this song to 
um, or these words to his mother. I would be, we'll sing that last stanza, I would be prayerful through each busy moment. I would be constantly in touch with God. Let's stand, please, as we sing the last stanza, hymn 319. Turn your Bibles this evening in the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 
are going to be reading the first nine verses of Psalm 33 this evening. Psalm 33, verse 1, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Pay attention carefully now, verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. I remember as a young boy growing up, you know, I always believed in God. But I remember growing up seven, eight, nine years old, just curious how big the sun was. You know, I was always enamored, you know, how big the sun was. And, you know, of course, I had no way of knowing, but remember thinking to myself, man, it's got to be pretty big. You know, maybe if you take, you know, the city of Milwaukee, if it was a perfect circle, it was probably, probably about as big as the city of Milwaukee. And, and thinking, no, it's got, it's got to be a little bigger. You know, maybe the state of Wisconsin. You know, maybe if the Wisconsin it was a perfect circle shaped as a sun and and thinking, nah, maybe not quite that big. <laughs> For reference tonight, the earth in diameter is about 8,000 miles. In diameter, the earth is. The sun in diameter is nearly 900,000 miles. If you were to take the volume of the sun, if you were to try to fill the volume of the sun with earths, think of the earth, the earth is pretty big. It would take over one million Earths to fill the volume of the sun. That's how big the sun is. That's how great our God is. And you think of uh, the star Arcturus, the fourth brightest star in the night sky. You can see it well. It's over 200 trillion miles away, and yet you can see it. Betelgeuse is larger than Arcturus. It's 700 times larger than the sun. And there's other stars that are even larger than that. All created by God, by the word of the Lord. You take the Milky Way galaxy, we live in the Milky Way galaxy, and there are an amount of stars that we have no idea because there's so many, but there's hundreds and hundreds of billions of stars and just the Milky Way galaxy alone. But beyond the Milky Way galaxy, there is said to be billions and billions of other galaxies with hundreds and hundreds of billions of stars of its own. You think of how big the universe is, how vast it is. And the Bible says, for he spake and it was done. You know, I'll give you something else to chew on for a moment here. You take the earth, and if you were to travel around the earth in an airplane, it would take about 42 hours to get around in an airplane. Now, I went to South Africa a couple times. That was about a 16-hour flight. That's pretty long. 42 hours to travel around the earth. But some stars in the universe are so big that to travel around once 
would take millions and millions and millions of years. And yet there's billions and trillions of them. That's how big our universe is. So much for the sun being about the size of the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> so tonight I want to talk about the greatness of God. And not only do I want to talk about the greatness of God tonight, I want to talk about the fact that the greatness of God demands something from us. The greatness of God doesn't command us to just sit idly by. The greatness of God, number one, demands us that we praise and worship him. Turn to Revelations chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, we'll get through this chapter here. Starting in verse 1, Revelation 4, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So you see tonight that the greatness of God demands our praise and our worship. And just in the book of Psalms alone, the word praise is mentioned 130 times. And the Bible says to praise the Lord continually. <laughs> and that says something. And praising the Lord shouldn't just take place on a Wednesday evening or on a Sunday. It should be a regular part of our lives. To praise the Lord. To extol his name, to magnify his name, to glorify his name, to lift up his name, because not only is he worthy of it, he demands it. He demands it. And when we sing to the Lord and we slack off in our singing, when we lack zeal and passion and fervency, when we sing to the Lord and praise the Lord, that ought to be a warning signal that something is wrong. Something is wrong in my heart. Something is going on. And one of the first steps to a backslide for a Christian, 
one of the first steps is a heart that sings to the Lord, but a heart that's not truly in it. A heart that lacks the fervor, the heart that lacks zeal, a heart that lacks passion when singing to the Lord. And one of the first steps to a backslide is a prayer life that rarely praises the Lord. That rarely praises the Lord. One of the first steps of a backslide is someone who rarely mentioned the words, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your greatness. Thank you, Lord, for your power, your might, your majesty. Thank you, Lord, for physical life. Thank you, God, for eternal life. Thank you, God, for the Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for food, shelter, clothing. Thank you, God, for who you are. A life that lacks that is a life that says, God, maybe you're not that great. Maybe, God, you're not that holy. Or maybe there's something wrong in our hearts. The first steps to a backslide. And worship, proper worship, requires one of the key parts to proper worship requires a heart that is fully surrendered to the Lord. And how many times we can seek to worship the Lord, but he rejects it because we're not fully surrendered to the Lord. It requires a heart that is filled with nothing but the love of God. Proper worship requires a heart that is filled with the fullness of God, that is filled with the heart that, that only yearns after God, that, that seeks after the living God, that uh, full of a heart that, like David said in Psalm 23, verse 1, he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It requires a heart that everything else in life, everything else in life, the vanity, the world, doesn't matter at all. All I care about is God. Proper worship requires a heart that is filled with nothing but God. God, I want you. God, I love you. God, I seek after you. You're all I want, God. And how many times when we, we can try to worship the Lord, yet there's a bunch of other things in our hearts battling it out for first place. That's, that's not good. That's not proper worship. And so you think of the Samaritans in the Bible, Jesus said, you worship, you know not what. They weren't worshiping the true God. They were worshiping other things as well. You worship, you know not what. And what I believe restricts proper worship in the life of a Christian, one of the most specific things, main things, is a heart and mind that's filled with idols. You know, if I were to ask a raise of hands tonight, who has idols in your life? No one would raise their hands. Because, of course, when we think idols, what do we normally think? We think of something physical, you know, something physical that we look at or see. But so many times in the Christian life, one of the main things that restricts a proper worship to the Lord are idols in our mind. Idols of thought. Idols of vanity of mind. Idols of thinking of things that have no eternal meaning and dwelling on those things. Idols of attitudes, idols of desires. Idols in our mind that come through our mind and quickly come to our heart. You know, Jesus said to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. And part of worshiping the Lord in truth requires a heart check. Where is my heart? 
What is in my heart? What am I thinking about during the day? What is, what is battling in my heart for first place? There shouldn't be anything. There should, there should be no battle at all. It should be all God all the time. So we see tonight that the greatness of God demands our praise and it demands proper worship. You know, I remember, you know, one of the ushers just the other week telling me, said, Zach, you know, I love ushering. I love serving the Lord. Whatever they need me to do, I'm willing to do it. But he said, you know what? One thing I miss, I miss being right here in the pews. I miss being right here in the pews, being able to sing and worship with everyone, being, being in the action, he said. And, you know, he wanted to serve the Lord, but he also missed being right here where he could worship the Lord, where he could be right here in God's presence. It showed you where his heart was at. He loved serving the Lord, but he also loved being right here in the pews. You know, that's why it's important to, to uh, be in church on time. You know, not that anyone comes late on purpose, but you come just a few minutes late. And we're already missing a key part of praise and worship to the Lord. And so, just some thoughts here on that. And so, if we truly understood tonight the greatness of God, we would praise and worship the Lord night and day as much as possible. And if we wake up in the morning and God isn't number one on our mind, there's something wrong. We go to bed at night and God isn't the last one we think about, there's something wrong. We go through the entire work day without praying to God or thinking to God, something is wrong, something is in my heart, something is in my heart that is blocking me from properly worshiping the Lord. I could worship the Lord, but God wouldn't accept it. So tonight, we ought to have a heart check. What is in my heart? Am I truly worshiping the Lord? Is he accepting my worship? The greatness of God demands proper praise and worship. And we see tonight that the greatness of God not only demands our praise and worship continually, but the greatness of God demands that we fear him. That we fear him. And to the person who says, God is great, you know, God is amazing, he's my number one, and I love God so much, yet they're living a worldly carnal lifestyle, tells you a couple things. Number one, God truly isn't that great to them. And number two, they have no fear of God in their souls. And Proper fear of the Lord requires, of course, reverence as part of it, but it's, it's more than just proper reverence. When the thief on the cross said to his counterpart in their last dying moments, don't you fear God, seeing you're in the same condemnation? I don't think the thief was just saying to him, don't you just reverence him. I think he was saying, don't you fear him? Don't you fear and dread his wrath? Don't you fear his chastisement? Don't you fear his anger? Don't you fear his soon-to-be judgment? Don't you fear the one who is about to send you to the lake of fire for all of eternity? Don't you fear him? And as Christians, we ought to fear the Lord. It's more than just a reverence. We ought to fear his judgment, his chastisement. We ought to fear his wrath. It's a proper part of the Christian life, and God demands it. He demands that we fear God. You know, I, whenever I see 
uh, a, a lightning and, and thunderstorm. Many of you, of course, have been in a, in a severe thunderstorm and you see uh, lightning strike. You know, one of the things I think about it, you know, is a fear of God. You know, it shakes a little bit of a fear of the Lord in me when you see the, the lightning bolts strike down and the thunderstorms and, and uh, uh, just a single lightning strike can reach almost five miles long. And just a single lightning bolt, think of this, can contain up to 100 million electrical volts just in a single bolt. And a single lightning bolt just in a split second can reach temperatures up to 50,000 degrees just in a split second. You know, if, you, if God can do that, you must wonder what he'd be like, what he's like. <laughs> and one of the big issues in churches today, I believe, is there's little to no fear of God. Whether it's the 20-minute the sermon that rarely, if ever, talks about sin and judgment, whether it's the pastor that dresses in jeans, whether it's uh, uh, the people in the rock band wearing T-shirts, whether it's the, the worldly music, whatever it is, little to no fear of God anywhere anymore, in churches and groups. And, and uh, you know, I sort of feel bad sometimes for some of the students on campus that are involved in some of these other Bible studies, InterVarsity, Crew, because the God they talk about is just a, a friendly, nice God, loosey-goosey, you know, whatever music you want to listen to, as long as it doesn't have any swear words, and as long as you, you know, don't commit any major sin, you're okay, you know, God is nice, he's accepting, and no wonder why a lot of these students on campus are really messed up in their minds. They, 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 there's no fear of God because they don't even know who God is. They don't even know who God is. And many of them are messed up about the, the key issue of salvation. They don't even know how to be saved. They don't know anything about God. And you sort of feel bad for some of these students sometimes. And it's essential that we as Christians, have the right view of God. Because, you know, that view of God, it can be lost, so to speak. It, it can change. You know, you take a 13-year-old boy that is saved, on fire for the Lord, going all out for the Lord, has a great view of God, a great fear of God, and now worldliness starts to creep into that young person's life. Boy, they, they, can, they can lose the right view of God. Yeah. They can lose the fear of God. It can be lost. You know, that's one of the big problems of the world is what does the world do? The world, little by little, it wears down our view of God. It takes God from being up here and little by little, it brings God down to man's level. That's what the world does. The deceitfulness of riches, the world, whatever it is, it seeks to bring God down to our level. That's why we need to take heed. We ought to take heed as Christians. How am I feeling? What do I think? You know, every day, you know, we should, you know, how am I feeling? What's, been, what's going on with me? Because if we're not careful, the devil in the world can slowly creep in. And, you know, there's students I've spoken to on campus that they've grown up in a good Christian home. They've grown, uh, grown up, gone to church. And now, sometimes I talk to them and when I ask them about creation, who created the world, the moon, the suns, the stars, they say, honestly, I don't even know. Well, how does that happen? 
how do you grow up in, in a decent church? And how do you grow up in, in a Christian family? And now you're even questioning who created the world. Probably because of the world and sin creeping into that person's life, the vanity of life creeping in. And now God has brought way down. We need to take heed as Christians. You might be sitting here tonight, man, I fear God. I know him well. I read my Bible. But if you're not careful, you can be just like that person who years down the road start to question all that you believed growing up. And that's why it's important as well to read our Bibles as much as possible. So we can have that fear of the Lord in our lives. So that we can remember all about him and who he is. And when we're singing songs in the hymnals, that's why it's important to be paying attention to the words as well. Because the words in the hymnals communicate about who God is. So... The greatness of God demands our proper worship and praise. The, f- the greatness of God demands that we fear him. And by the way, it's not just a fear in, in everyday life. It's also a fear when we pray. You know, when we pray, we ought to pray in a fear of the Lord. And if you're praying in a prayer group and, you're mi- and your mind is just wandering off, or if you're praying and you're not fully, uh, you know, thinking about God, You know, there's not much of a fear of God there. There's a problem. You know, we shouldn't be wandering around in our minds. Sometimes I'll catch myself and I'll have to say, Lord, forgive me. (laughs) I wasn't totally focused when I just prayed you and I have to pray again. Now, we ought to pray as well in a fear of the Lord. And young people especially need to learn from a young age that you're praying to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords the maker of heaven and earth, the one who created man from the dust of the ground, the one who just spoke and it was so, you're praying to him. You're not just praying to anything, you're praying to the God we're talking about tonight. And as we pray, we ought to pray in a fear of the Lord, in a fear of the Lord. And so, the greatness of God demands that we praise and worship him. It demands that we fear him. And the greatness of God demands that we give him our all. Turn the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, and starting in verse 25. Yet I suppose it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness, because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully, that when ye see him again ye may rejoice." and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. Because for the work of Christ, Epaphroditus was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. 
Look at those key words there in verse 25. Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier. That sounds like someone, if Apostle Paul is describing someone that way, you know that person was going all out for the Lord. You know that person had God, not just as a title, but he served him as Lord. God, I'm giving you my all. It sounded like a person who didn't make excuses. It sounded like a person who was alongside the Apostle Paul through thick and thin. It, said, it says, my brother, companion in labor, and fellow soldier. Sounds like someone who saw the Lord for who he was, the great God, full of great power and might and majesty, and that compelled him to give him his all. To the point where he put the work of Christ above his own personal health needs. <laughs> wow. You know, I remember someone a, a few years back, not from this church, someone mentioning to me that, you know, I would never be a missionary. You know, I would never do that. You know, why would I do that? You know, why would I put myself in harm's way? Why, why would I do that? Yet that's the mindset that is complete opposite of the mindset of, of Epaphroditus. And that's the mindset that should be the exact opposite of our mindset. That it doesn't matter what's on the horizon. It doesn't matter what's out there. I'm going to serve the Lord. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm going to serve the Lord. You know, I think of the verse, I don't remember exactly what it was, but the Apostle Paul, when he, uh, when he thought that he was soon going to be put in prison, soon going to be killed, he mentioned uh, some words along the lines of, I, I don't know what's next for me. I don't know what's out there, but I'm going to, I'm going to continue to go forward. You know, that's the mindset we ought to have as Christians, giving our all for the Lord. His greatness demands it. It doesn't just ask it, it demands that we give our all for the Lord, that we give our all for Him. In Isaiah chapter 6, we're going to turn there, Isaiah chapter 6, and we're going to read another passage of, the man, of a man, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the pulse of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me! For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. In verse 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Isaiah got a glimpse of the majesty and the glories of the Lord. And it compelled him to say, Lord, Whatever you want with me, I'll do it. Here am I, Lord, send me. Whatever you want, Lord, send me, because you are great. You are full of power. You are full of majesty. I'm just a speck of dust. Whatever you want from me, Lord, I'll do it. You know, those who aren't interested in giving God their all need to ask themselves, who is God to me? Is he just a title, or is he truly Lord? You know, if you were standing before the most powerful, influential, 
wealthiest CEO in the world, standing before him, multi-billionaire standing before him, who had the power to give you a raise, who had the power to fire you, who had the power to give you a promotion, wouldn't you be compelled to give him your all, <laughs> to give him your best? Yet here we have the Lord who is far greater than any earthly CEO, far greater than any earthly man, one who's given his all for us, and yet sometimes we could just be in coast mode. Not give him our all. You know, I just want to be comfortable. I just want to live my life. Maybe I'll go out in some areas, go all out, but in other areas, let me just live my life, just be in coast mode. That's not the mindset we ought to have. And one of the problems is forgetting. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, forgetting about the greatness of God. You think of the disciples in the Gospels who just saw the Lord Jesus Christ take a few loaves of bread and a few fishes and turn it into meals for thousands of people. One of the great miracles they beheld right there. And what happened hours later? They're out on the boat at nighttime and big boisterous storm. They're going back and forth and they see the Lord Jesus walking on water. Of course, they didn't know it was the Lord Jesus. They cried out, oh, it's a spirit. They were afraid. And then Peter goes walking out to him and, and he's fearful, took his eyes off Jesus. Well, what happened? Didn't they just see the miracle he just did hours earlier? The miracle that proved he was the Lord God that could do anything that was full of power and glory and majesty? Why were they fearful? What was going on? They forgot. You know, we as Christians, we need to be reminded about God's greatness. We need to be reminded about his glory, of his majesty, of his might, of his power. We go a time and we forget about it and we slack off in our Bible reading. Boy, that's, the world is going to take God down. The world always does. The world always does. And that salvation, I thought salvation was a dual package where we call upon the Lord Jesus to be our Lord and in return, we receive eternal life. In return, we receive forgiveness of sins. We get a new heart. We're a new creature. But I also thought that we owed the Lord Jesus Christ our all. Because isn't receiving him as Lord, aren't we saying that you can have whatever you want with my life? Yeah. Yet many times we can just go and, and you know, we're just living our own lives. And to the person tonight who isn't fully surrendered to the Lord, I'm not just talking about a, you know, maybe a profession one time, Lord, I surrender to you, but the person who isn't fully, truly, genuinely surrendered to the Lord, God, whatever you want with me, I'll do it. God, I'm willing to do whatever you want, Lord, needs to ask themselves a question tonight, genuinely and humbly, am I truly saved? Am I truly saved? Because with salvation should come a heart of gratitude that, Lord, <laughs> thank you for saving me, God. Thank you for saving me from my sin, from misery and hell, God. You're my Lord now. I'm going to give my all to you. Whatever you want from me, I'm going to give my all to you. But many times, like I said, he can just be a title. He can just be a title. And we can sort of just use him. So there's a lot to be said tonight. But I'm just going to close by saying this. The Lord Jesus Christ gave his all. <laughs> he came to this earth. He gave his all. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, come and follow me. <laughs> and he said, take up my cross and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. And he said, no man putting his hand to the plow looking back shall be fit for the kingdom of God. Giving us commandments to give, him, to give us his all. And we ought to give him our all. 
And naturally, what do we try to do many times? We try to twist his commandments. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And now we twist it to go into all the world and preach the gospel when it's convenient for me. Or take up your cross and follow me. Okay, I'll do that. Take up my cross and follow you when I feel like it. I'm not, I'm not disobeying your commandment, Lord. I'm just adding a little bit to it. And that's what naturally we do. Naturally, we try to twist his commandments. But God's greatness demands that we give him our all. But just because God demands it doesn't mean he'll receive it. And I just wanted to close with this verse tonight as we head to prayer. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. As we go to prayer tonight, let's be reminded that as we pray to the Lord, there's nothing too hard for him. <laughs> there's no prayer request too big for him. There's no prayer request that goes above him. If God can just speak and everything comes about, he can answer any prayer request there is, as long as it's met with faith, expected faith. So tonight, let's be reminded that when we have the proper view of God, of his greatness, of his glory, of his majesty, everything else naturally starts to fall in line. Amen. Start to, to see him for who he is. I start to develop a fear of him. I start to, to want to praise and worship him. Now I want to give him my all only when I see him for who he is, though. So let me close by saying this. The greatness of God, it doesn't just ask for our praise and worship. The greatness of God doesn't ask us that we fear him. The greatness of God doesn't ask us that we give him our all. The greatness of God demands it. Let's pray. Lord, Father, we thank you for your majesty and your glory and your power. We thank you for how great you are, Lord. And I pray that you would help us to be walking in the fear of the Lord all the day long, and that you would help us to have hearts full of surrender yielded to you so that you can use us any way possible. And so, Lord, help us and strengthen us in these matters. Help us to examine our hearts tonight. And I pray that each one of us in our lives, in our daily lives, our words and our actions, that we through what we say and speak and do, would lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, because you are worthy of it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Right on. possible to um, escape the truths that uh, you were heard tonight. Um, so we're going to have an invitation. Let's have an invitation. I think it's appropriate for that message. And does, are you moved by the greatness of God? And uh, if not, you need to do some business with God. And if you're here and you're not saved, you certainly don't have a clue about the greatness of God, that you can think you could go into eternity and reject the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and live without him. So let's have uh, someone at the piano right now.
Okay, let's stand. We won't um, just play a good, good invitation hymn. We won't sing it. We'll <clears throat> call for action. You come. Lord's made spoke to your heart. You need to make a decision for God. This is your opportunity. seminary and realized that that uh, modern Christianity, they say the fear of the Lord is about the reverence of God. Well, he hit it right on the head. That's not what that, uh, he said to the guy, don't you fear God? It's not just about some awe of God. It's about the fear of God, and that's what's missing today. That's what's missing in our seminaries, and our Bible colleges, and even can be missing in our lives. And so he didn't know he was addressing a major theological problem when he talked about that. But, you know, all you have to do is read your Bible and you don't have to fall for the liberal's lie. Amen. Okay? You know, isn't that amazing? All right, let's go to prayer. 